the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It was just two days ago that we celebrated God's promise fulfilled. What was that promise? Well, that's what our current series is all about. Join us. Truth For Today is up next. Simply entitled, The Promise, this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. The Promise, that is the title of our series, and we're looking at a variety of passages that remind us of why we needed a promise from God, what this promise was, and how it was fulfilled. Won't you join us? And then at the close of today's broadcast, we've got a book offer we'd like to pass your way, and we'll tell you all about it again at the close of the program. For now, here's Pastor Phil Howard and today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Well, when the baby's growing up, they want to go to the temple and acknowledge God's blessing for every child that opened the womb the first time for a child. You were to go to the temple make a sacrifice. They were so poor, they, they only had turtle doves. And when they went there to the temple in chapter 2 of Luke, Simeon, an old man that had been ministering at the temple for years, had been shown by the Holy Spirit, you will not die until the promise shows up. You will not die until God's Messiah you get to see. And so they bring the baby boy it's just another day around there. He's, he's going through these uh, ceremonies all day, and all of a sudden Mary and Joseph show up and said, here, we want to bless God and, and dedicate our boy to God. Here he is. And when he saw the baby, he saw more than a baby. He saw the promise. He said, I see the consolation of Israel. I see the Messiah. And there are so many Christmas plays we've done here we hold this baby up. I almost could see Randy holding the baby up. He said, hey, I can now depart in peace. I can now die. God's kept his word to me. I saw the promise. I lived long enough to see the promise of Genesis 3.15 show up. Well, he did. And he began to praise God and said, he's come for a light to the Gentiles and the glory. Israel. And they says, Mary, beware. This baby's going to cause you much pain. Much pain. Prophesies over her. Well, the pain that he promised was fulfilled at the cross. And Isaiah described it as the place where the heel of the seed was bruised. And Isaiah said, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that brought us peace was laid upon him. Isaiah 53, 10 said, It pleased the Lord to bruise him and to make his soul an offering for sin. Guess what? The seed of the woman finally came to do the devil 
his due, but it cost him his life. The bruising of him brought death. The thing Satan hadn't counted on is that he could come back from the dead and finish up on the devil. So the heel has been bruised. But the head of the serpent is to be utterly crushed, and it shall happen. We continue in this bruised heel. I think it's an interesting verse, maybe one of the strangest Christmas verses you'd ever want to see. It's 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 2, listen to what he says. A, a passage that has been interpreted so many ways that I thought you'd get my view. Okay, you might as well get the correct view of it. I read enough literature on this. He, he's addressing how we ought to behave in the church. And he's going to tell men how to behave and tell women how to behave. And I think something you need to keep in mind is eternal principles and temporal, temporal manifestations. Whatever we do in the temporal sphere, does it reflect the eternal principle? Okay, let's look at it. I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Now, let me ask you men. How many of you men stand and pray with your hands uplifted in this service? How many of you did that today? Okay, there's one. Anybody else? Well, you're in disobedience. I asked one guy today, why didn't you do that? He said, remember the verse said they have to be holy. That's what he said. I don't think mine are holy enough to lift up. Is that an indictment? So in this church, we only have one man that's holy. One man said he raised his hands to pray. Why didn't you do that today? Could you be holy and not lift up your hands? Uh, listen, can you be holy and not lift up your hands? So what is the eternal principle? Be holy. Be right with God. What was the temporal expression, especially Jewish synagogues? They raised their hand like that. It's very cultural, very different. We're used to not... Why didn't you women wear a veil today? 1 Corinthians 11. Don't tell me. I studied the passage. We used to wear the covering. My wife wore a hat every Sunday. I nearly lost the Ross family. So we're not coming if you've got to wear a hat. Anybody remember those good old days? Did you wear a hat? Look at there. We don't make fun of people that do. Why don't we now? There's an eternal principle the woman is to be in submission to the man. I believe that until I went to Dallas and studied the role of women and found out women wearing a hat today doesn't manifest submission. It just means they're in style. <laughs> but those who wear it for that reason, that's wonderful. I mean, I know a lot of conservative, but they don't do it at John MacArthur's. They don't do it at Chuck Swindoll's. They don't do it at David Jeremiah's. None of them do it. Why don't they do it? They don't think it's for today. That's all. They don't think it's for today. Now, well, look what he's going to tell this woman here. <laughs> Women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel. Now, that's highly, what is that? I mean, 
If you dress like the mamas and the papas, is that respectable? We used to have gals come to our church that unless you had a moo-moo, they thought you were you were too worldly. And, and, and they used to tell me, you're wrong because you wear a suit. I said, well, you're wrong because you look like Hilo Hattie. <laughs> Watch out. You're going to talk about my dress. Lots, lots of stuff. I grew up with people. You talk about dress codes. Our women couldn't wear ring, jewelry, makeup. Uh, but they made it up in their hairdo. The hair was fancy. But some of those faces were hard on you. I mean, it was just plain, you know, long dresses, all the dress codes. We always picked on the women. Always, men love to tell the women how to dress. But look at the principle. I want them to do this respectable, modesty, with self-control, not with braided hair. Let me ask you this. Could you come to church with braided hair and not be in sin? Thank you. What's he saying? The courtesans of the day... It was common for the prostitutes of Asia Minor to have fancy hairdos, put gold in it. That eliminate most of you. You're not having that problem. I haven't seen much gold in the hair. Don't look like the courtesans. Don't dress as to seduce. Draw, dress modestly. Dress so as not to draw attention to your body, even to your beauty. He's not saying be ugly, but don't draw undue attention. And so he's telling them, and, but some have taken that literally. You can't braid your hair. You can't wear jewelry. Not saying that at all. Let not that be the emphasis. Modesty, God-fearing, be a woman who's godly and a woman who's doing good works. Wonderful. Principle, temporal expression. Then he says, let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. And this by the way, is primarily in the church. If you can get her to do this at home, help yourself. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. I wonder why. Rather, she is to remain quiet. Here we go, the eternal principle. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet will she be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. So what is he saying? In the gathered assembly, I don't want an authoritative woman teacher uh, doing the Bible studies to the whole assembly. Be like us. uh, We don't mind Susie teaching women, but God help us. She's not teaching in here. She teaches there, and that we see nothing unbiblical about that. But let's watch out. I, this verse has been abused a lot. It goes this way. Let me ask you this question. I think this is the thing that women in conservative church that we live with. Remember, you are constitutionally and inherently more gullible than your husband or any male. You are just constitutionally a gullible person because you were deceived in the fall. So be quiet and enjoy your role in the body of Christ. Dummy, deceived one, shut up. You talk too much in the garden and we're in this mess. 
or you throw it all out and you let them take over. What's the balance? Let me ask you some questions. I wrestle with this a little bit. Are men gullible? Hmm. Amen's increased there. Are they deceivable? And if this woman is so marred by the fall that she's gullible, don't let her teach anyone, women or children. She might, well, it's like we're saying, she can't be teaching men because she was deceived. Well, she ought not to be teaching her kids either because she can't teach anything. She's damaged goods. She's a dummy. She can't talk spiritual truth. Because the fall has permanently left her a gullible, deceivable person, while us men have retained our great discernment. Insane, insane. It's why many are not attracted to conservative churches. We don't know what to do with them, but tell them to be quiet. God's got a bigger plan for you, woman, than just being quiet. I'm telling you. I want to throw up because I raised three daughters that can outdo most men when it comes to brain power. And their husbands admit it too. I do too. No, I'm saying your, your deportment in the corporate meeting is to listen, to learn in a sweet spirit. And I hope you men will do the same. But the ones that do the authority, authoritative teaching in the gathered church is men. Preferably of elder quality. Amen? I do not permit. By the way, can a woman say anything in church? I heard the yes. Do you know why? Have you ever read 1 Corinthians 11? Has anyone? Paul said, women are praying and prophesying at Corinth. And it's okay as long as they have a way to show that they're in submission to their husband. And for them, it was a covering. I don't know what we do to uh, reflect that today. If a woman stands up today, I guess she could just bow to the husband three times and I'm in submission to him. <laughs> However you do that. We sure don't do it with coverings. We don't do it by anything we wear. Women can't wear anything to show they're in submission today. Nothing that I know of. But they prayed, they prophesied. Mm, but you got a problem. You've got 1 Corinthians 14, 34. I command women to be absolutely quiet. Now, both can't be true. Both cannot be true. She can't pray and prophesy in 11 and not be able to say anything in 14. So the Bible contradicts itself. No, it doesn't. In chapter 14, he said, when the prophets are being judged by what they prophesied, only the men are to judge it. You women, keep totally quiet. Ask your husband when you get home. I don't allow you to judge the prophecies in the church. That's what he told them. Over here, they could pray. They could prophesy. And that wasn't in their garage. It was at church. But he tells this woman, you've been given, you've been given limitations ever since the fall. Men have abused you, hated you, used you. They don't know what to do with you. They like you for sex, but they don't know what to do after that. You can have their babies. You can do this, be a dummy, be treated as an inferior product. But when the man wants sex, he'll look you up. Otherwise, you have no utilitarian worthy function. I tell you, that is anathema. 
It is a part of the curse. In Christ, the woman has a gift, has the Holy Spirit. She has something to overcome being deceived, just like the man has something to overcome his stupid, gullible, ignorant. We were all ignorant of the gospel. I was blinded to the gospel. Is the veil thicker for men or for women? Equal thickness. It takes the Spirit of God to make man or woman see Christ. It takes the Spirit. I'll tell you, I taught Timothy around here for about 16 years. And along the line there, I started, the women uh, wanted me to teach women of the Word. And so I, I started that. And I don't mean to slam anybody, but I want to tell you, the best papers I got were written by women. I taught the men. I taught the women. Same curriculum, same assignment. I thought, how does Miss Gullible write such a good paper? Maybe the Spirit of God's teaching her. Maybe the Holy Spirit's in there. And why are some of you men so dumb about it? Why don't you know your Bible? Why don't you love his word? Now, this isn't a beat up, but this is the promise. He's gave this woman a promise. And he says, says this, you will be saved. And the childbearing, I think, is a terrible translation. It goes this way in the Greek. It'd be better this way. You shall be saved through thee. The definite article is in the Greek. You shall be saved through thee childbearing. What's that childbearing? The child, Christ. And notice how it says, you shall be saved through the Christ child. Then it says, if they continue in faith and love, they're not saved by having babies. Some people have taken this verse, this is a promise to Christian women that God will spare you in the midst of childbirth. No, many a Christian woman has died having a baby. Many. There's no, not, this is not a promise of exemption. No, the salvation is in the child that would be born in Bethlehem, that was born, and he's telling this woman who's been blamed for the fall, been abused by men, says, by the way, your salvation's in the child. There was a painting that came out of Mississippi, uh, and it was a picture. It showed Eve stretching out from the garden and she's stretching and it sees her hands reaching to Mary and finally her head is laying on the swollen stomach of this Jewish virgin girl and Eve is saying the promise has been kept. The promise has come that I've been longing for all these years. Christmas is the arrival of the promise. The promise has been kept. And the promise, as you see the rest of your notes, is that Satan will be utterly crushed under the foot of Christ and ultimately cast into the lake of fire. Now, I close. Hear me, hear me. I am amazed that God wants to use the people who created the mess to bring the one who delivers I want to use you, Eve, to bring the deliverer, the promised one. And that principle goes this way. Hear me. Anybody in this place ever sin? 
Oh, please say amen. Raise your hand. Stand up. I'm going to cuss if you don't. <laughs> this place is full of sinners. And who does God expect to bring the promise to other sinners by? Who? Us. Hey, I've sinned against God. Yeah, so did Adam and Eve. But did God say, you're wiped out? I'm going to kill you like at the flood. Instead, said Adam, I'll let you live 930 years. And Eve, you're going to live there. And someday, down through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah, David, and then David's house, the exile of the nations. They're taken into Babylon. They're taken Medo-Persia. They're scattered. And according to Isaiah 11, the Davidic tree is cut to the ground. And you say, David is no more. There's no Davidic king in Israel today. No Davidic king. But according to Isaiah, he said, I saw a sapling grow up out of the root. And it grew, and it grew And guess who that sapling is? It's Jesus. And he goes all the way back to the root. I am the son of David that was set on a throne forever. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, God has saved you and spared you the eternal consequences of your rebellion that he might incarnate his message of hope to this world. When are you going to let him use your body? Eve, I'm going to use your body. Mary, I want to use your body. I'm going to bring God. It almost seems a little gross that there was an embryo and there was a placenta. I was there. I never forget my doctor when our second was being born. Dr. Ryan had nine children, good old Roman Catholic. And he let me come in when the delivery's going on at the Richmond Hospital. He said, would you like to see a placenta? Sure, do it. Carolyn said, I wish you guys had quit talking. You're sewing her up, nicked her. He just brings up, he holds up the placenta. I said, see this? And Carolyn's not interested at all. <laughs> Did you know Jesus occupied a woman's womb, grew, that God the Son nursed the breast of a young Jewish girl. God said, I'm going to use you, Eve. Use you, Mary. Use you, women, to bring the deliverer for men and women, Christ, the Son of God. You are my vehicle. And God is saying to you and I, I'd like to bring hope at this season if I can convey it through you. You who caused my shame, you who caused my death, you sinners, you sinners, I'd like to convey the good news and the promise to the people who brought the curse, us. I have to say this. I thank God for what he's done for women in Jesus Christ. I thank God he's got a place for you in the church And it's not just to be quiet. We need you with our children, with other women. How did he say in Titus to teach younger women? Well, don't teach if you're still deceived. I don't want you teaching anyone. The spirit and regeneration has done something that says, I can use you. I'll gift you. You might be gifted with the gift of teaching. Use it. Use it. Don't worry about where you can't use it. Use it every place you can. All us sons of Adam, 
Rejoice at this time of the year. The promise has been kept. And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855-833-9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue. Suite 278, Hercules, California, 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available. Again, they're at truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also be able to find out more about Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, who we are, what we believe, worship times, directions, and the like. Again, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, simply call 855-833-9864. Oh, and by the way, as you come alongside Truth For Today in a financial way, for a gift of $10 or more, we'll send you Pastor Phil Howard's book called Jesus Christ, The Revealer of God. Now, this is an amazing book, a book that takes a look at Christ and how he does, in fact, reveal God in every aspect of his life. Again, this book is yours for a gift of $10 or more when you support the ministry Truth For Today. Simply call or stop by our website and pay us a visit there and order your copy. Again, for a gift of $10 or more as you support Truth For Today. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. And you can also donate online at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.